Good evening and welcome to the podcast. That's right, it's not Mike, it's Steve coming at you live. Don't mind my accent, I just love how JD sounds. I want to thank you all for being here. I really wish I could stay, but I'm a bag of soil. I don't have much to contribute. So let's just get to what you're waiting for. Let's give it up for Mike and JD. Steve! Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I was supposed to be way more. Oh, man. We're going to get Steve on. I tried. We're going to get Steve on soon. I was trying. I'm like, Mike, you can do it. You can do it. Oh, uh, man. We're going to get Steve on soon as a guest. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve's got a lot to say um, about, you know, the the dirt and. He's he's kind of he's he's keen he's keen on being made human by one of these atheists. He's he's patiently waiting, in the shade, staying moist, <laughs> ready to be turned into a human. <laughs> For everybody listening on Spotify, just ignore the first five minutes of this episode uh, and, and disregard. You have to be able to see what's going on um, to know what's happening. But as always, guys, welcome back to the podcast. This Praise is the True Christian Ministry Podcast. Monday's episode, Monday and Wednesdays, 9 p.m. Central. Uh, yes, it is my birthday. That is absolutely correct. I turned 36 today. In fact, we are at that point where, like, I was born. I'm a night baby, too. So, like, I'm officially 36 years old. Um, so let's just go ahead and get that out of the way. Whatever. Cool. Happy birthday. Another year around the sun, I guess. Um, or in flat earth terms, another year where the sun... What are they Went doing? around the earth. Another no, year with the that's earth a day. Went... That's a day. Yeah. Is that like another, another year. year that the sun? What do y'all say? Well, I don't think we have any flat <laughs> earthers around here, but. Another, another year, year. Another 365 revolutions of the sun. That's what it is. Another there, there year's worth of sunspins. That's, that's it. That's the one. Uh, another year yeah, where the sun went around 365 times. There we go. Yeah, we're inclusive. 365 here. revolutions. If you want to think the earth is flat, hey, I love you just as much. I got friends who think that, you know, uh, movies they watch are real. Like, you know, whatever. So uh, uh, teach his own. But, uh, guys, I appreciate you being here. Um, just to give you guys an update, if anybody was on my live stream earlier, I don't know what happened. I think that the Holy Ghost was moving so much my body couldn't keep up uh, because we are having an amazing moment of Bible reading and then something hit me so hard. Uh, I couldn't I couldn't read. I could not even read the words um, on the page of the book. So uh, my voice is being told that it's a little crackly. Uh, crackly? Is that the word? Yeah, for? I was going to uh, say maybe unplug. Okay, so I'm going to let unplug you take over and do your little readings. Let me go ahead and reset my plug. Okay, cool. Okay, so I've never done this before, so I'm just going to stare at you guys while you stare at me. What's up? (laughs) Anyway, welcome back, everybody. I see the chat's filling up. Praise Jesus. This is awesome. What do you mean you've never done this before? You've literally hosted (laughs) the show without me. Which, ask JD, I sent him a message like, yo, be prepared to have to do this on your own. Just in case something goes crazy, uh, I don't make it to the episode, I, I Jesus takes me. You know, everybody said rapture on the 24th. Maybe I was going to get raptured today. I had a talk with the Lord. I said, Lord, are you going to take me before my birthday? Or am I going to go at 35? Um, but it seems like the rapture did not happen yet again. 
Uh, but I should probably say hi to everybody over here yeah. for, for, for a real quick moment. So what's going on, everybody, on TikTok? As always, you get to watch in while we're on the podcast. But if you want to be able to contribute to the show, conversate with us, enjoy the podcast, then uh, got to come over to YouTube. Uh, we've got about 60 people over there right now, and it always grows a little bit. Uh, but today we're going into Second Peter. Uh, if you're a longtime listener, you know that we hit First Peter, what was that, about a month ago? Um it was about a month ago, I think. I don't know. I, I, I'm really not good at keeping track of how many episodes we're at. Matter of fact, if any of you notice that we're about to hit like a milestone, let us know. I probably should be keeping track of that, JD, because we're probably creeping up on like episode 50 if we haven't blew by, by, past that. I mean, two episodes yeah, a week. Yeah, I think we might have. Two episodes a week. We've been going strong for at least six months. At least six, because I think we started in March. I don't know. Maybe a little bit after that. No, you know Yeah, what? yeah, yeah. It was probably a little bit after that. So five months. Five times four, so that's 20 weeks we got right there, basically. So about 40 episodes, probably. I'll, I'll go ahead and check it out. Um, but, you know, when we get to one of those special episodes, maybe we'll do a giveaway again. Uh, side note, if you want a giveaway and you have not received an email from me, you might want – or you have not emailed me, you might want to reach out. We sent out some more Bibles today. In fact, uh, Joshua should have got his Bible today. Deja will be getting her Bible tomorrow. Uh, Sineda will be getting hers uh, next week for some reason. So we're sending them out. If you want something, make sure you yeah. guys let us know. It's easy to accidentally miss something. We did a lot of giveaways that night. It's not on purpose. Uh, so if, if you did win and you didn't hear anything, please let me know. Um, but guys, yeah. I'm excited to get into Second Peter. I don't know about you, JD. Yeah, it's a it's a it's an awesome epistle. Again, often ignored, not spoken about a lot. And you know, just on that note as well, everybody that sent me Bible requests, um, we managed to send out a lot of Bibles last week, and we are still sending out some more Bibles this week. But uh, I'm blessed to see how many people responded to to Hey, I need a Bible, um, and this is it. So yeah, everybody in the chat. Um, oh, there we go. Awesome. Well done, Josh. Thank praise Jesus. Thank you for that. Um, so right, this is this is the part of the show where where we where we sing happy birthday to Mike. So stop that know. nonsense. Stop that nonsense. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Michael. Pagano, happy birthday to you. Hip, hip, hooray. Thank the Lord Lord, that he has spared you. Look at that. My friend sang to me. (laughs) Um, But 36 years. Praise God. All right. How about an episode? So, uh, uh, guys. Let me just give you a fair warning before we get into Second Peter. Second Peter is going to have some things in there that might be tough to digest if you're depending on your well versed, uh, how versed you are in uh, the Old Testament, and also just I don't know. It, there's some tough stuff, and I'll tell you why you probably don't hear a lot of people talk about it. We're not scared to you know of these of these accusations. So one of the things about Second Peter is a lot of people will try to reject it. Not Christians, a lot of non-Christian skeptics that try to, you know, skeptically look at, critically look at our Bible and tell us what we should be reading and whatnot. And Second Peter is one of those ones they try and say wasn't written by Peter. That's what they try to say. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, it, it is a canonical book. It belongs in the Bible. It is Theanostas. Um, and we reject those critical things. In fact, can I just take a moment to just say something real quick? Because I noticed 
you guys know I, who I end up going back and forth with on TikTok can vary, right? I go, through, I feel like I go through seasons. I had a little period with Islam, a little period with you know some denomination, and lately it's been with atheists. And the one thing I need to remind you guys, and I want to keep reminding it is, don't let people who know nothing about your faith make you frustrated about it. Like if I didn't yeah. ignore these people, I can understand why some of you do this. Y'all know I have a few of these atheists that have some pretty big channels, but they're like 19-year-old boys, 20-year-old girls who have never – I'm not trying to knock age, right? I'm not an ageist. Is that is that the word? But at the same time, there's no way you're about to tell me that you who don't care about Christianity at the age of 20, who used to be a Christian until you were 16 and then you realize you don't like it anymore, somehow have been studying it the way that you should be it to, to, to debate me, right? Their arguments are always, your God is stupid. I can't believe you defend your God. You're so stupid. And then if you tell them, you know, uh, I've noticed that when we use biblical definitions, they'll say that's not what the word means. And they appeal to, uh, uh, you know, modern language. Guys, don't let it drive you crazy. I see people in my comment section. And I'm like, just, just let them be. They're gonna. Yeah. These people build pages, and I want you all to hear this if you're a content creator. These people build pages off going back and forth with Christians. So every time we entertain that, we are helping them grow their page for what it is that they want. Imagine if we all ignored these skeptics and these uh, 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 deconstructionists and exvangelicals. If we ignored everything, they would have nothing to do. Their, their pages would be just a big echo chamber of them and their atheist friends mocking God. So my advice, let's just start ignoring the, the hateful, disrespectful atheists. Yeah, exactly. And eventually they run themselves into cul-de-sacs anyway. This is, this is a, a given because the atheist worldview, I'm going to say this again and again and again, the atheist worldview is lunacy. Everything is permissible. There is no reason to complain. Uh, you could do what you want to do when you want to do it. There are no consequences. There are no moral absolutes. And they are forever at the, in the middle of the ocean paddling, but they've got no paddle. And uh, kind of reminds me of that, you know, that eight-mile battle, you know. They're, they're, just, they're just down the creek without a paddle. They've got nothing. And they, they, they think they've got something. It cracked me up when they try to hold a moral high ground on us because God killed yeah. his enemies in the past, but yet don't want to admit that while you sit here, you're acting like you care about morality. You think it's okay to abort your children. Yeah. We're not, not going to talk about is, that, are we? We're not going to bring that up. <laughs> And one of the one of the one of the funniest things always is is you say you're gonna go ask the atheist, do you expect me to be truthful with you in my answers? And they will say yes. And then you can flip it right back and ask them why. Why they desire you yeah. to be truthful. Because the reality they, is is they grab at anything. I will say this though, this is our first time seeing each other since last week. Don't know about you guys, but I absolutely loved last Wednesday's episode. If you have not listened to that yet, if you're listening right now on Spotify, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're watching live or, or later, go back and watch last week's Wednesday episode. It's titled God and Science. It was a good one. It was a great one. Um, we had Voice of Reason on here. It was amazing. Like, I, I don't know what more to say about it. Uh, really enjoyed that uh, episode. And I do look forward to having him back here to do more of that. Like we said, the science talking, the things that he's strong with, uh, you know, maybe once in a while to come update us on what's 
going on, especially with him sharing the, that news about, uh, you know, the science community really getting tossed on its head. I would rather him come share that information as, you know, it progresses rather than me trying to decipher it as we look at it. Um, do we want the KJV up with the ESV? Yeah, you, you can. Either or. doesn't really matter. Whatever whatever goes. Well, we want we want to lead these guys to the truth. We need the KJV because if not, we're just talking about corrupted Bibles. So, you know. <laughs> you went there. You went there. <laughs> this is, this so, is what birthdays uh, do. How long do I have to deal with hearing about my birthday? Okay. If you are new here, let's go ahead and cover a couple things just because it's still cracking. Oh, man. Badly. Yeah. yeah. Like it's just gotten a little bit worse where you like cut out and then you come back and then you cut out and you come back. So let's do a quick, let's do a quick mind some... check. Hold on. Let me play with some segs real quick. Hold on. Hold on. Y'all let me know. We can sacrifice a bit of time on this episode. I'm the boss, right? I forgot I can do whatever I want. <laughs> All right, let me know. Does it change any at all? So that's good. Keep going. Mike sing check, sing Mike the check. ABCs. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, N, O, P. Yeah, you're still, you're you still cutting out. You're still cutting out. Okay, Mike check, Mike check, Mike check. Dead. Dead. Nothing. Nothing. Ha! What about now? That's better. That's better. How better? Like much better, but now I've got an echo. I've got an echo. Yeah. Hmm. Who knows what the problem is, my friends? We're going to have to cancel tonight's podcast. Now, never that, never that, never that. I will figure something out over here. <laughs> Shut your mouth, sir. Shut your <laughs> mouth. Yeah, Give that's me one second, better. guys. No, that's what? good. That's good. It is you're much better? Now. Yeah, you're good. We sure? Yeah, you're good. You're good. Okay. So, guys, I'll be honest with you. Last week, uh, another thing that happened on the Wednesday episode is uh, Luke sounded amazing. So, I text him immediately afterwards, like, Text me your setup so I can go buy it right now. Did y'all notice how good Luke sounded, right? He had a, so the thing is he has a dynamic mic. So it's got that NPR, like, hello, ladies and gentlemen, we're here today to discuss with you the future of everything. <laughs> All right, but let's dive into yeah. it real quick. I'm going to bring the microphone down further to my lips. Maybe if I uh, speak directly to it, we'll have a better time and uh, we'll see. So the letter of Second Peter, I just want to start the letter and then I'll let you take over, JD. Because the very first verse is one that I love because I think this is a big reason why people don't like this letter. Peter says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let me, maybe, maybe, maybe we didn't hear that again. Uh, I'm going to even open up it in Greek. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus, our Lord. Wait, oh, I went down one too much. Sorry. The righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, right here. 
our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So when people ask you, hey, where does the Bible say Jesus is God? No, just another spot where you can clearly see the apostles. Because yeah. you'll often hear someone say the apostles didn't believe that. That didn't get invented until the Council of Nicaea. Matter of fact, you know, we love to throw apologetic information out here. If you're ever yeah. having a discussion with someone and they bring up the Council of Nicaea for anything other than ba battling Arianism or, or, you know, deciding some stuff that comes when it comes to like bishops, jurisdiction, uh, you know, uh, uh, creeds, things like that, just walk away from that discussion. If anybody tells you that at Nicaea, the Trinity was invented, or that the Bible was invented, or that they created Jesus. Just walk away. Don't even say yeah. nothing to them. They've at that Absolutely. point just you know what? I can't listen to this. <clears throat> Common sense has left the has left the building. That's that's basically what happens. All right, now I'll let you take back over verse two. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Beautiful. Sorry. Ah, I had to unmute myself. Sorry. I had to cut JD off there, right there. Listen what it said. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. So what is this saying? That his divine power has granted you and me, the believers in, in Christ, all things when it comes to life and godliness. And how does it do that? Through the knowledge of him. What do we talk about? What it, Well, uh, uh, I know I haven't talked about it with JD on the podcast a lot, but me and him talk about it all the time. And you hear me on my live streams all the time saying that it's about knowing God. And, and the Bible constantly says to know him, to know him, to know him. And the bad part is if you never, if he never knew you, that knowledge is what matters. And right here we yeah. see Peter saying something we see Paul say. Paul says in Colossians 1 and Colossians 2 that the richness of heaven is in the knowledge that is in Christ Jesus. And here's Peter saying, his divine power has granted us all things pertaining to life and godliness, not through uh, receiving material wealth, not receiving gold and diamonds. We, we get latched onto the physical world, thinking that these things yeah. are valuable. And Jesus told you moth and rust can destroy all of that. I don't know why you care yeah. about anything on this planet, gold, diamonds, flesh, none of it. But what lasts mm. eternally and what is the greatest richness that gives everything is knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. So I just wanted to stop you there, JD, to, to emphasize Man. that it's the knowledge of Christ that we are blessed with. Paul constantly, like you hear Paul constantly talk about that, like this mystery been revealed, right? Like everything that is knowledge from God is the greatest asset you could own, the greatest commodity, the greatest currency, knowledge of God, not wheat, not oil, not land, not money, knowledge of God. Let the one who boasts not boast in his wealth, not in his success, not in his power, but in that he knows me and understands me. All right. Yeah, I mean, and 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 again, <clears throat> we've got it. We've got a comment that's just come in. So we must know him so that Jesus won't deny us before our Father. Again, we need to look at this. Like, I, I don't know if your question is is genuine or if you're trying to straw man. But here's the thing. No, it's genuine. Look at that profile picture. That's my background. <laughs> how, <laughs> how do we 
How does our theology and how does our doctrine fit the thief on the cross? And and this is this is essential. Like, how well, do you? The, I like reconcile? that you brought that up, JD. Let's go to the thief on the cross real quick. What's the best? What's the best gospel for that? It, would it be Luke? Let me see. They're all good, but I think that I think Luke mentions the the full detail. So it says one of the criminals who were hanged railed at him saying, are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him saying, do you not fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. I would argue that the thief on the cross knew exactly who he was and the, the other man didn't because he said, yo, if you were God, like he didn't really know who Jesus is. He's mocking him too. But the thief said, don't you know? So yeah. the thief knew him because knowing someone is knowing them. Like it's not as complicated as it sounds to know someone. Yeah. And biblically, it's not even about head knowledge either. Like, it's not about knowing of them. I forget who I was listening to recently, JD, but someone was talking about how you're saved by knowing Jesus, not knowing of him. Because a lot yeah. of people know of him. You've heard of him. You, you've, you've talked about him. You've went to celebrations about him, but you don't know him. Like, uh, there's a lot. Matter of fact, 340,000 people know of me. They don't know me. Like, yeah. If anyone knows me, you guys have a chance of it because you see me so much. But you don't know me just because you see me on a TikTok video. Likewise, Amen. just because you occasionally hear a preaching of a word or, or, or see something about Jesus doesn't mean you know him. It means you know of him yeah. but by Amen. knowing him. And what does the thief demonstrate? No, no, no. He does not deserve to be here. He is innocent. Don't you know? Like he knew him. And, and that yeah. word know is so important because we look at the garden and we see Adam knew his wife. Knowing someone biblically is an intimate knowledge, face-to-face, -face, deep connection of relationship. And to know yeah. Jesus is what saves 100%. It's the gospel that saves, but knowing Jesus and, be, and believing the gospel might as well be synonymous. Because if you know Jesus, you believe the gospel. If you yeah. don't believe the gospel, you don't know Jesus, right? They're, they're, 100%. they're synonymous 100%. at some point. You got to admit that. <laughs> And and what we what we do see what we do see and this is what I point out to people whenever I refer to the thief on the cross what we do see from him more than anything is he is a sinner in need of a savior he acknowledges that he is on the cross justly so any true Christian any true believer will tell you I am not worthy of the grace I have received I am a sinner I am not worthy of what God has done for me. I'm not worthy of Jesus dying for my sins, especially some of us who look back at our past lives and we go, wow, the fact that God brought me out of that and brought me here, I'm not worthy. And again, we see the spirit of humility within the thief because he fully acknowledges the fact that he deserves to be on that cross and he is dying for what he has done. This is where the difference comes in, where, where it becomes a, a me gospel, a me-centered gospel, or a Christ-centered gospel. And this is, again, this is a massive red flag if the gospel becomes about you more than about him. You know what? If you think about what you just said there, I wanted to get big on camera real quick to look you guys in the eyes. The thief literally demonstrates the entire gospel in its true complexity. In the smallest moment you see, the thief acknowledges his own unworth, his own deserving of the cross, and Jesus is undeserving of the cross. All in that moment, he says, I deserve to be here. This is my punishment. 
He does not deserve to be here because he is innocent and just. And in that moment, that's the gospel, guys. It's recognizing that you deserve the cross, recognizing that he doesn't deserve the cross, and recognizing that it is him who goes to that cross for me. It is that recognition. Man. And he, the thief recognizes it like you don't, you shouldn't have to be here. I do. I deserve to be here. And he declares that. And Jesus says what? Today you will be with me in paradise. Little faith. Amen. That's all it took, right? The faith, uh, faith the size of a mustard seed. He looked at him and said, you don't deserve to be here, Lord. That's all it took. And yet people on TikTok want you to believe, well, brother, you got to make sure you understand Hebrew, Greek, eschatology. You got to be able to do a backflip while taking Holy Communion. And you better be able to name every single character that the Bible ever mentions. Yeah. And pronounce it correctly. Yeah. And walk backwards through the Bible and recite the whole book of Revelation. And if you haven't done this and you haven't done this, and if you haven't done this, but you need to do this. And then you and you can pull out your banjo with some of these Christians. And then you need to pop that date to put up date this is not the gospel. JD, the gospel. If, if you got man. to the gates and Peter was at the gate, like, hey, yo, you need to read all the genealogies from Genesis without making one mistake to get in. Yeah. Think you could do it? Yeah. You no. can do it. No. I could. I'd, I'd wrap it again. Check yeah. it out. Yeah, you could read it off a page, but you couldn't yeah. quote it off the back of your mind. <laughs> what do you mean? I know every name in the Bible. What are you talking about? Bro, challenge me. See, birthdays puffeth up. Non-birthdays bring charity. Right, check it out. <laughs> start. Let's start with Adam, Eve, um, Cain, Abel. Ah, <laughs> uh, didn't keep going. I wanted it to keep going. Did you turn it off on me? Did you know I was going uh, that route? Look, Ma, no hands. <laughs> okay. Okay. Whatever. I tried. Get back to the yeah. scriptures, man. Uh, Let's get, get back in it. <laughs> verse four, verse four. People listening it. are like, these guys are not being serious right now. We are not. I still feel crazy over here, by the way. Like, I know I'm putting on a front, but woo. Go ahead. All right, where are we? Verse verse four. Four. Whereby whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Man, just listen to that. Exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge so this is again we can second peter is something we can unpack bit by bit line by line precept upon precept what is paul saying here he's literally oh, sorry peter literally breaking down a sanctification process you've been given all diligence so now add to your faith virtue and add to your virtue knowledge what does james say james says draw near to god and God will then in turn draw near to you. The process isn't reversed. God doesn't just chase us down every single day and go, hey, 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 just stop and pray. Hey, 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 you, now you need to read your Bible. Hey, 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 hey. That's not how it works. So a lot of times we've got these, these, these views of, hey, I feel so far away from God. First of all, you, you're going to feel far away from God in the flesh until the day you die. Like you are far away from God. Um, but here he's saying, beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to your virtue knowledge and to knowledge temperance and to temperance patience 
and to patience, godliness. I mean, whew, there's, there's a lot being said there. I mean, and, and we see similar similar attributes in, in the writings of Paul as well. You mentioned kind of like that, uh, the people kind of fading away from the Lord and not in their prayer. And it reminded me of uh, something from that book that I've been quoting a lot. So I'm just going to read this little part right here, because if this is you, I want you to feel convicted, whoever's listening. Let me, however, solemnly remind them that prayer, that prayerless souls are Christless souls and will be lost souls ere long. Nor am I speaking to those of you who merely prattle through a form of prayer. I give you but this one word. God will not forever be mocked by you, and your prayers are numbered with your sins. You insult the majesty of heaven while you pretend to worship. So that was a that was a rebuke to false Christians. If that's not you, don't feel conv uh, convicted. But I love that part in there because there's a lot of Christians that say they're Christian, but they don't they don't take. Look, I'm not talking to the people that struggle with prayer. I'm not talking to the people that struggle with reading. I'm talking to people that do not pray, not forget to, not fail to not struggle, do not pray. And, and the people that when they do pray, it is only because they feel like they have to and they have no intention to actually reach the Lord. They just want to say these words. He said, God will not be mocked forever by your false worship. And, and I mean, that's a deep cut. Like I know that we, we look at the Lord as who he is, love. And Jesus is loving. I get it. Sometimes we try to turn Jesus too much into our buddy, buddy, and forget that he's Lord Jesus. And I think this is really that 70s hippie Jesus that we see. Like, I remember the other day, I saw an ad of a stuffed animal Jesus, and it was like me and my best friend Jesus, and you can take it wherever you want and hug it all day long to keep you comfortable. And it was like, that Jesus ain't your little stuffed animal. Jesus ain't a coping mechanism. He's Lord of Lords, yeah. King of Kings. He returns with a sword coming from his mouth and eyes of fire. Uh, uh, that. that Let's remember that. Like, yes, he is our friend because he says, I am no longer, you know, your master, but your friend uh, and brothers and all these things and this family idea. But we cannot forget he is Lord. He is Lord. Let's let's just remember that. So therefore, Amen. it's not like buddy, buddy, like, yeah, no, he's good. I don't really got to pray to him. Like, he will not be mocked. He is God of the universe. And and just want to remind people of that because there's always one or two that that don't really take it serious and, and they don't even see it. I'll have a conversation with him, JD. And I'm like, how often do you pray? Like, ah, I just struggle with it. So I don't really do it. You mean you don't try? Like, I get it. If you said I try and I feel weird and I give up, but you don't, you don't, you don't try. There's, there's, there's two, there's two Charles Spurgeon quotes when it comes to prayer that, that, that I really love. And, and the first one, Charles, Charles Spurgeon says, as, as, as well as you can expect the tree to grow without air and water, so you can expect your faith to grow without prayer. And, and the other one that he, that he loves to quote is, You are before the Lord, so let your words be few, but let your heart be fervent. And, 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 and this just goes back to what we see in the scriptures. Do not pray, just don't like vain repetition of this and that and saying many words and big words. And, and, and God knows your heart. So let your words be few, but let your heart be fervent. And when you go into the secret place to pray or wherever you are and you are praying, let your words be few, but let your heart be fervent because God sees the condition of your heart. So whatever it is that you need him to be there, his grace to be sufficient for, that's what he already knows. And this is why the scripture says he already knows what we are going to ask before we ask. Um, and again, 
this is to increase what has already been given. We're growing. We're growing. Yes, sir. We should actually do a, uh, an episode on prayer soon um, and just discussing prayer, the different ways to do prayer, different types of prayer, because I see people that talk about like their prayer all day long. Right. So, yes, there's casual prayer, but I'm a form. I'm a I'm a firm believer that we should all give the Lord at least one formal prayer a day. Right. I get the and I do it, too. I'm walking around talking to the Lord all day in my head. However, mm. I believe at least once a day and I, I sometimes will pass out on the couch before I can do it, but get down to my knees come to the Lord on my knees, face down and thank him for this day and worship him in all glory. And there's many different uh, positions. You actually postures you see in scripture. There's one laying on your face, uh, one on knees, kneeling up, kneeling down, standing, sitting. There's lots of different prayer, uh, prayer postures that we see in scripture. Um, So I went ahead and I jumped back to the ESV completely because I wanted to read what JD just read, but in whole, because it, to kind of let it flow together. Um, because I think there's some power here. Um, so right verse back. three, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So his divine power, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, has given me something. And what has it given me? Access to everything pertaining to life and godliness. Let me ask you guys, is there anything that exists that does not that is not encompassed in life and godliness? And if you can think of something that does, it probably has no value. It probably means nothing because I can't think of anything that matters outside of life and godliness. So therefore we have access to everything. And then it says, how do we have that? Through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. Um, let me see what this cross-reference popping up here. So it has First Thessalonians. Okay, so just more of who, who calls you. So actually, I like this cross-reference. So it says that who called us to his own glory, and then it points to First Thessalonians where it says, we exhorted each, each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. Second Thessalonians to this, he called you through our gospel so that you may obtain the glory of our Lord. Second Timothy, a, who saved us and called us to a holy calling. First Peter. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory. So with these cross references, let's make something real clear. God calling is not something that just Peter talks about. Because, you know, there's some people out there that believe that the Jews and the Gentiles have two different messages. Well, I just gave you three Paul quotes and two Peter quotes saying the same thing. And this is one of those things that a lot of people get uncomfortable with. And I expect to lose followers every time I talk about this topic, mainly because I refuse to, to fall into these little childish arguments. As Paul said, when I was a child, I spoke like children do. But now I'm an adult and I speak like or now as a man, I speak like men do. The Bible talks about God calling us an election, and we're about to get into that. Here's what J.D. and I stand on, and I'm sure J.D. will agree with what I'm about to say because we've said it before. We can we affirm whatever God says in the word of God, period. If we don't understand it, we don't try and change God's word. We try to change the, our thoughts, maybe. If we don't understand it, we don't try to change God's word. We change the way we approach God's word. If we don't understand it, we don't change God's word. We change the, our attitude towards it. Because there's some people out there that get so offended when you say the word election that they'll literally cut fellowship with people because you're reading the Bible. 
We're about to get into one of those sections. And you all, you've all heard me say before what I truly believe that call is. I believe every single man has a calling in his heart from birth. And throughout his life, through his rejection of it, he pushes away that calling and the Lord stops calling or he accepts that calling. Therefore, God does call everyone. And at the same time, man has a choice, right? That's what I believe. That's what I see in scripture. Um, but I just want to point that out that we're about to get into this area and JD and I aren't going to run from these words. We know these words exist and we're not scared of these words. We're willing to say it's a mystery. God's ways are above ours. How does free will and sovereignty work? Who knows? Don't care. I'm here. Got to make, got to live life. Can't think about how life works. I got to actually live it. So I wanted to preface that as we're about to roll into this. Um, Amen. JD, I don't know if you could hear me where you were at. Did you hear me with the cross references? Yeah. So. Very interesting to know that there is a calling. And then he says, um, by which he has granted us to his precious and very great promises. So promises also is an important one. You know, JD and I are always going to talk about eternal security, right? We know in Hebrews, it says God cannot lie. Literally. I mean, I don't think you need to read that in Hebrews to know that. But just in case it's up in the air and you need a Bible verse for it, it does say God cannot lie. Therefore, if a promise has been made that I will save you. For my glory, he cannot break that promise. He cannot break that promise. And we'll talk about eternal security more, I'm sure. Having yeah. escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of the sinful desire, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what I wanted to get to, JD. Um, yeah. Did you hear what he Amen. said? He starts this by saying that it's God who called for his purposes, but then he reminds the believer, make every effort. That means it's me and you, Ashley, Carissa, uh, Maurice, uh, Crystal, Lu Luis. I'm just messing these names up. I know it. Dadpool, make every effort. You, you make every effort to do what? Supplement your faith with virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection, and love. Why? Because they will keep you from being ineffective. What does James say? If you love, if you tell someone go in peace and be well, but you don't help them, what good yeah. is that? It is ineffective. John says the same thing. You have the things of this world, but your brother is in need and you don't help him. How does God's love abide in you? You are ineffective. And as people in Christ, I don't know about you, I don't want to be ineffective. Mike, are you saying you got to work for your salvation? No, I'm saying I don't want to be a lazy Christian. I don't want to be ineffective. Sorry, JD. I know I, I went on a rant there. Yeah. <clears throat> and that is so true. And if we go and look at, we go look at Galatians chapter five, and we see how Paul describes the fruit of the spirit and those who walk according to the spirit. Again, <clears throat> what Peter is saying, yeah, is not a far way off from what Paul is saying there. That if we walk according to the spirit, the the following fruit will be evidence. You 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 were there. You just moved a little bit down. There we go. And there he says it. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. 
and they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lusts. Look at this. A lot of people like to leave this part off. They that are Christ have crucified, have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust. Again, you, you as the Christian have crucified the flesh. And if we now live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Notice what he says there. If you live in the spirit, let us walk in the spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another and envying one another. Again, let Ooh. us. So, so you see how beautifully the apostles of Christ speak in harmony, the same message. It, it, it's, it's so beautiful, man. And this is what I was talking about last night. I made a video for the young Christians and I said, stop trying to study like JD and I, if you haven't yet read the entire Bible. And I don't mean you have to read from front to back perfectly. But my point is when you only jump into places, then you can get little snippets and think that you can build doctrine off that. You know how you end up thinking that the apostles taught anything differently by doing that, by piecework,ing your doctrine together. But when you yeah. read it all and you take I'm going to say it again. I say it all the time. Tota Scriptura. We take all of Scripture in its totality. When you do that, when you don't just look at the destinations of e each character, but watch the journeys they take, you begin to see how this all intertwines, how they're all teaching the same thing, but they might word things differently. Paul teaches more about works than any of the apostles, mainly because we have the majority of his writings. But like when yeah. people act like Paul doesn't, I mean, my favorite verse is what? Second Timothy, where he says, cleanse yourself. And it's like a list of things for you to do. It's Paul. I mean, he yeah. just read Paul saying, do this. Romans 12, you know, about outdoing one another with honor. Paul. Paul is constantly telling us that we have to walk this way. And I think here's the problem, JD. A lot of people misunderstand what the Bible is to, to start with. So they think yeah. every verse in the Bible is a command from God to, to yeah. be saved. And what they don't realize is Paul, what Paul is doing is the same thing JD and I are doing. Ready for this? Brothers in Christ, Paul, yeah. Paul is addressing his, his fellow believers to encourage them for their race, encourage them for their journey. Would, would JD and I, even though we believe in faith alone, why would JD and I not encourage you to be better tomorrow? Why would JD and I not encourage you to, to live better tomorrow? We're not saying yeah. do it or else you're not saved because we're not talking to unsaved people. He's sending letters to people who has heard him preach already, and he's encouraging them to run the race, to share the gospel, to live up to what we're called for. Every verse yeah. in the Bible is not how to be saved. In fact, majority of the Bible is not for how to be saved. The majority of the Bible is for the saved person. You really yeah. want to be legit, like honest here. Yeah. Like, Amen. It's, Where's the, the Bible I was, is not I was the guide the to salvation. The, the Bible is a guide to faith. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, and this comes is by hearing. Guys, I want to I want to I want to get to all my sisters that love to take notes. I know Kira and 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 and, and Selena and, and Mal. Here's how you look at it. Right. You've got faith. Write down the word faith on your page. Write down the word faith on your page. And then at the F, we write forsaking, forsaking, forsaking all. Forsaking all, I trust him. Faith. Forsaking all, I trust him. That is like, that. That that's a t-shirt. But I mean, this is what we see. 
Faith is forsaking all. I trust him. And 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 this is this is again what these apostles are doing. As Mark has already said, now Mark and I are like-minded when it comes to salvation. We are like-minded when it comes to the doctrines of soteriology. We've said that time and time again. But he will use completely different analogies to get to the same point as I will. And and here's exactly what does that mean that he's preaching a different message to me? No, it doesn't at all. And, and this is sometimes what happens. People will take, though Peter is more direct, James is more cutthroat. He's, he's summarizing what Paul says in 13 epistles in one letter. And he's like, this is it. And Paul Peter's is also a, saying the same um, thing. James is known as James the Just, and he's a bishop, right? So he's not here to play games with his with his believers. He's writing to people that are spread out away from home churches, away from big communities, saying, hey, while you're out there, walk like this, do this. This is what people fail to realize. James was not written for people to get saved. It's not. It's written for people that are out in the world who already believe, reminding them how to walk. And this is honestly... Most, like I said, most of the epistles are being written to either believers or they're being written to places where there's both. And we see two different groups being addressed. Same thing with like the book of uh, the letter of Hebrews. The letter of Hebrews has two audiences and it's as clear as day. Um, he, he's talking to believers and he's also talking to Jews. Uh, so I know that we're jumping all over, but again, we tell you guys all the time. We just want to give you information so that you can study better. And this is, this is a part of hermeneutics. Um, as I've mentioned yeah. before, the word hermeneutics is the way in which you study the Bible or the way in which you interpret the Bible. And proper yeah, hermeneutics will help you to read the scripture differently. And hermeneutics exactly. basically is understanding what you're reading and what you're looking for. All right. Uh, yeah. We were at where? Where were we at? Uh, I read down to... For whoever lacks the qualities is so... Nope, nope, nope. Not there. Right here. Uh, verse 8. Do you want to go ahead and start there? For sure. For if Actually, these I, I things be in you. So we're at verse 9, but you can do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, verse 9. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Again, if we fall into pride, if we fall into pride, we will become blind. If you lose all sense of humility, and, and, and again, what is, how do we summarize humility? Go back for the previous four verses. And then verse 10, he says, Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fail. And again, he's speaking to the sanctification of the Christian. The sanctification of the well, Christ. actually, I wanted to add too. You notice how he doesn't say anything about that person losing salvation. Go back, exactly. What he say? That this type of walk makes you ineffective. So, what is that that Christian failing at? Mm. Delivering mm. the news. Because look what the next verse here says in, in when we get down to uh verse 11, which I don't know if we actually got there, but just to point at it, for in this way there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom richly provided to you an, uh, an entrance to the eternal kingdom. Again, we're talking about these people that aren't walking in, uh, again, Peter said ineffective, not unsaved, ineffective. And what was that? There was another word he said, oh, ineffective or unfruitful. Yeah, that's all. Exactly. 
Amen. Um, verse 12. Oh, am I? Yes. Wait, verse did 11. you read verse 10? Give diligence to make you. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, I, I have. Let me, let me also add something there as well. I was talking about this earlier. Give diligence to make your calling and election sure. What, what do I see when I hear that? Don't just rest your faith on the fact that someone told you you're saved or that you were at church and said, amen. I said this on my live stream earlier. This is the most important question you can ask yourself. This is why I'm always telling you guys to read 1 John because 1 John was written so that you can have that confidence in your salvation. Now, Peter is saying um, to have that, uh, you know, excuse me, to confirm your calling and election. Same thing, right? So again, this is that, that word that people are scared of. If you yeah. are saved, you're elected, whether you like it or not. Like, again, how does that work? I don't know. I'm not God. Yeah. I can't tell you how God works. But he's Amen. saying to confirm your election. And what is what does first John do? It tells you how to confirm that the spirit is in you. And if you're one yeah. of those Christians that says, No, I don't need to look, I don't need to check myself, that tells me maybe you're scared of what you might find. Because if you yeah. truly believe that this is the most important thing ever, if you really, really, really believe that that there's a heaven and hell, and that knowing Jesus is salvation. And it's the most important thing ever. Why would you not take it serious enough to evaluate yourself? Because that's what gets me in trouble with some people. I mean, I've had people get upset with me because I tell them to check their own fruits. And they say, you're a fruit inspector and you're trying to make people have doubts. Yes, I am trying to. Ready? Go ahead and screen record this. Whoever's anybody watching, let me make this very clear. I'm going to get big screen on you. My goal is to make people question their faith. I want you to have doubts for a moment because if you don't, you're never going to grow because, and I promise you, if you've never questioned your faith, I absolutely question your faith because there's no way you came to faith and you had it all locked in perfect on day one. I ain't met that guy yet. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is the only one that had a solid doctrine from birth. Other than that, yeah. we all have had some muddy doctrine at some point. I'm trying to think. This what is this. What's one of Earth. my worst doctrines? Go ahead. I'm going to think of something. Oh, go ahead. I, I mean, this is the thing that like, like I say so often to, to young Christians and, and this is where I, I, I walk in grace, man. I walk in grace because I see some people that are caught up in some doctrine and I'm like, I was there. And, and when you try and correct them and they're like, no, 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 but this, but that, but that I walk away. I don't argue. I don't go back and forth. I don't go toe to toe because I once was there. And here's the thing. I was still saved. Jesus still had me. I was still walking in grace. I just had some muddy doctrine. And, and at the end of the day, we who are older or have been in the faith longer, when you look at a young person that is tripped up, this is the only advice you can give them. You have to be prepared to be wrong. You have to be prepared to, to deconstruct from certain things that you have been taught that could have been wrong. And, and if you can't, if you are so set in your ways, that's why you find people that have been in the faith for 10 years and they still on milk because they are unable to progress. And I've, I've seen this with so many people. You are unable to progress unless you humble yourself before the foot of a cross. If you are humble approaching scripture, you will see scripture. If you are prideful, trying to knock someone else down or use scripture as a hammer to prove your point, you are not going to win. 
You're not going the to. intent of what you're wired. I mean, look at Solomon. You know why God gave Solomon wisdom? It wasn't just because he asked for it. Why did he ask? He asked so that he could properly lead his people. He didn't ask so that he could tote it around and be like, I'm the wisest dude ever. Backhand, backhand. No, that's not why he asked. If you're only going into the, I, I said this about money. If you only open the Bible to find ways to save money, your, your God is money. Like you only yeah. open the Bible up for money. You don't open up the Bible for your for any other things, but oh man, I I need to make sure I don't give my money to this person, or I need to find out something for my money and this this and that. Like, bro, your God is money. If you only open up yeah. the Bible for some type of blessing, your God is blessings. It's not God. If you're not opening up the Bible because you want to get to know Him, just like questions, people say, "So wait, you can't question God?" No, 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 no. You can ask God questions if you want to know Him better. That's not the same as questioning God. And I don't think atheists yeah. understand this. When we tell them you can't question God, they're like, you mean God is God doesn't want us to know more? No, 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 no. There's a difference between trying to worship him better and saying, Lord, I want to know you better so I can worship you better. And then there's, who do you think you are, God? That, that's not the same thing. It's not. One is intent to worship. The other is intent to literally attack God. Mind-blowing. But the intent yeah. of why? There's people out there that study their Bible every day. Why? So that they can own people in debates. That's why. Yeah. yeah. I promise you that God knows what he's doing. They will be blind on purpose. Matter of fact, didn't we just read something about how they'll be blind? Uh, yeah, I think <laughs> I saw it right here. Uh, where is it at? Where is that? Oh, Amen, whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind. They're looking for something that's near to them, an attack, a way to beat somebody, a way to debate people. And it's causing them to be blind. And they have forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. So this person gets so lost in their pride. And we see them online all the time. We see those Christians yeah. online all the time that forget you were a broken sinner in need of mercy. And now you're showing so much pride to people. It's mind blowing. Holy crap. I just realized we spent an hour in the first 10 verses. <laughs> I mean, but this is, this is exactly what, when you go line up online, I think it's, 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 it's Isaiah 28, Isaiah 28, where he talks about line yes. up online, precept, the precept, precept. Upon precept. And, and, and this is, this is basically what we're doing. Um, and I just want to answer this question to Danny. Absolutely. Christians doubt. Mark and I doubt. There are days we're like, man, am I even saved? Like, what? Like, don't let him pull me into that pile. I never doubt. I'm no. pulling him in. He, he, he absolutely doubts. He absolutely every doubts. single day. <laughs> and every let day. me just make it clear. I'm not doubting God or salvation. Yeah. Sometimes I doubt that I deserve it, even though I know that means nothing. Like, yeah. Lord, I don't know why Amen. you even let me. I don't, I, I, Lord, why? I doubt. So I'll be, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I don't really doubt salvation anymore. I don't want to lie to you and say I do to make you feel comfortable. I have went through that. My doubts have evolved. But the reason I'm telling you this is because no matter what, as a human, you're going to have doubts somewhere. You're going to have mind games that your mind plays on you. I don't know about you guys, but as being a human for 36 years, I can tell you one thing I've realized is our brains are not our friends. I don't know about you. Me and my brain are not cool. We we got beef on some real stuff because he's always trying to make me doubt stuff. He's always trying to make me question things. Um, so even when you get beyond that, you might say, Mike, I watch you and I know you have some confidence in your faith. I wish my faith was like yours. What's the phrase, uh, JD? Mo money, mo problems. Mo faith, mm. mo problems. No matter what, 
you're going to have those doubts because now that I'm up yeah. in this level teaching, now I'm struggling all the time. Like, Lord, did I misspeak? Lord, did I misrepresent you? Lord, there's a lot of eyes on me. Did I give you a bad name? Lord, do I not deserve to do this? Should I quit? Should I stop right now? Should I keep going? Am I, is my pride taking over? Do, am I, is, am I doing this against your will? Like, these are the thoughts that come into my mind now, right? I'm at a different place than a lot of y'all, but the doubts still exist. No matter where we're at in our walk, Satan finds ways to put questions where God puts periods. And that's what happens. God said, you're good. And I go, am I good? Like, that's what happens. Yeah. And I mean, yes, and this, is, this is captive. And this is exactly why, exactly. I was going to say that. This is why we take every thought captive. This is why we are not, we are not conformed by to the pattern of this world, why we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. This is why James says, reject the devil and he must flee. Um, you know, we, we look at all of these things and, and remember, and this is why we say, and, and we get so much flack. Mike and I both get so much flack when we say, that's not a prophecy. That's your own mind. That's you telling you yourself things. And now you're spewing it out on TikTok. Like God's giving you some extra revelation. Like that's a massive red flag. If Christians on here, if there's 98 people, if there's anyone on here following people that are, I've got a word for you. I've got a word for someone. God revealed this to me. There are no revelations. There are no new revelations outside of the text. And this is, again, why people fall off and fall away, because they're relying on extra biblical revelations uh, or things that, that, that are new. And this is, this is the human nature inside of us. We are always seeking the latest trend, the new thing, the I want to grab a hold of something new, like I don't want to hold on to this. Is, oh, this is old news. Like I want some new news, man. Give me something new. That's 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 what we want. That's what we crave. Yeah, Stay Natalie, away. I'll definitely respond to you in one second. I just want to continue a thought that was on my head of what JD was saying. And um, about the prophet thing, and I don't want to stay here too long, but it is important to note this. People always say, Mike, how do you really believe that there's no more prophets? Do you think God can't move? It's not that I don't think God can move. It's just that he has made it clear he has no need for them. And on top of that, I want you to ask yourself, if it's true that there are prophets out here, then you have to say, okay, are, how do we know which one of the thousands are prophets? Because all these thousands of people are con contradicting each other, uh, 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 completely uh, have different doctrines. Like you start opening up a dirty, dirty, muddy slide, right? And God's not the God of confusion. So just yeah. stick to the word of God. Now to what yeah. Natalie said, do you guys have any words on being like mad at God? I can't even believe I'm saying it because I'd like to think I know how little my size compared to God but can't help but feeling it. Uh, you're not alone. I mean, read yeah. the scriptures. You see people in the scriptures contending with God, arguing with God. Um, David says, David gives God commands. Now, granted, God obviously probably looks at him like, hm, shut up. But you see David saying stuff like, do not hide your face from me, Lord. Not, please don't hide your face from me, Lord. Not, please, Lord, if it be your will, come here. No, David's like, Lord, do not hide your face from me. Save me. Come to me, right? And I'm not giving you permission, but I'm saying, and I've said this before, God is a big boy. God, God's got his big boy pants on. He, he knows how to deal with humans, and he knows what a temper tantrum is. Just like if my son comes in here mad at me, I know it's not real anger. He's emotionally. He's emotionally invested in something, and he's upset. Your God knows that you're a child. 
compared to him, you're 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 the sperm cell. I mean, that's how little you are to him. Not even. You're less than that. You're the cell of that cell. So yeah, it's okay to be a human like that. If you want my permission, here it is. It's okay to be human because that's what it is. You're not different than any other human. Now, if you get mad at God and you have that argument with God, then you need to say sorry. In fact, I finally had my first one recently. Uh, JD, I don't know about you, but my mom, me and my mom were having a conversation once and she mentioned how sometimes she contends with God. And I was like, I never contend with God. I don't know how people do that. Like I can't. And ironically, right after that, like a week after that, I had a bad day, like a bad day, family, marriage, life, ministry, all of it. And I got on my knees in tears and I yelled at God for the first time ever. And I was, I regretted it. I said, I'm sorry, Lord. Uh, but it actually was a healing moment, right? Like yeah. it felt like it was real communication because I was so emotionally invested in it. And, and I'm not saying that to make you guys, again, feel comfortable, but I'm saying it so you know you're not alone. We have those moments. We do. We have those moments. Yeah, absolutely. We do. And and I mean, <clears throat> we, we we go through various waves. Yes, yes, exactly the thing. We do not know what tomorrow will bring. We do not know what trials, what adversities, what 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 will happen within our family. We don't know how much time we have left with the ones we love. So again, there's the reminder that yeah. today is the day. What does Second Corinthians six two say? Today is the day of salvation. There is Amen. not tomorrow. It's not tomorrow or the next day. Paul doesn't come up and say, "Gents, ladies, in three weeks it'll be the day of salvation. Bring your cookies. Bring your tea." Bring your bring your cooler bags. No, today is the day of salvation. So again, Amen. you are saved, but you will fall. In you know, the flesh, funny, uh, you will oops, fall. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to no, say, yeah, Daniel. No. Yes, I, Daniel. I actually one hundred percent agree with you there. Again, not 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 condoning it or whatever, but think about any relationship you've ever had. A fight sometimes grows us closer. Childhood. If I fight with one of my boys, and I mean fight, fight, we're closer than ever afterwards jacob fought god they wrestled so there's a comparison again we see david contending heck we see the apostles like i don't know about you guys but sometimes when i'm reading the gospels the way the apostles will talk to jesus sometimes i'll just be like oh they had some courage like i don't know if i could have did that with him like they would check him like lord what do you mean you're gonna do that you can't do that and he'd have to be like uh hump your brakes peter and sit down satan like but at the same time like there was this push and and give, and the Lord, knowing what we are because he made us, lets us have that because I do believe it does grow your relationship. Just like even with my wife, every time we have an argument, we grow stronger together because we're getting through this moment. Um, So I believe that the Lord will let you have these little temper tantrums to help you grow, and mainly for that reason, though. Like, obviously, yeah. this isn't for you to be fighting with him every day. Um, But great question. Um, <laughs> Thank you so much on, on that right there. Yeah, amen. Um, amen. Let me pull the Bible back up because, hey, maybe we'll get through the first chapter today. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe, maybe. And you know, this is just a side note, but like we look at we look at Matthew chapter fourteen, right? And we see we see Peter Peter getting out of the water, going towards Christ, right? And and he sinks and he screams, "Lord, help me! Rescue me!" To which Jesus immediately responds and pulls him out and says, "You you know why did you have so little faith?" Um, and again, so many people, I just want to give you guys a perspective on this, on this, on this little part in Matthew is so many times people will look at and go, Hey, Peter sank because he didn't have enough faith. 
Peter lost sight and he didn't have faith. Peter got sidetracked by the storm and he started sinking. I need you guys to look at this. The other 11 didn't even get out the boat. They didn't even get out the boat. Yeah. We're so quick to point a finger at Peter and go, oh, Peter was sinking because he lost his faith. The others didn't leave the boat. They stayed in the boat. Now, Peter saw Jesus. He saw the storm and he's like, I want to be where he is. Like, what did I'm Peter say? He said, yeah, tell me to come and I'll come, Lord. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and so many times people look at Peter and go, oh, well, he sunk. He sunk. The others stayed their asses flat on the boat. And they were like, we ain't getting out. We're not moving. <laughs> we're in the boat, baby. Like, he was like, I want to come to you. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I dropped the A, I, I dropped the uh, a no. word. My bad. My bad. I love you all. So forgive me for dropping that. They stayed their bums. 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 Bums, bums, bums. This is, yeah. I just, I just want to bring that point JD, seriously, we have pe families that watch this show. Um, <laughs> but no, okay. You know, once since we talk about arguing with God, there is one thing that I don't want any of you to ever do because I will literally fly to your home and strangle you. And, and I'm being honest. I remember one time I came across a Christian's TikTok page just like seven months ago where she made a video about how she forgave God. Anybody ever see that? No. Said she forgave. She said that I had to forgive God. Or what? Forgive him for what? Forgive him for what? And like this person really fought. And there was Christians defending her when I stepped in. Like, um, like I'm. I know you might feel like God may have wronged you, but the end goal of that should be you realizing he didn't, and it's you that needs to get your life right. The end goal of that should never be. I decided to forgive God. For real though, I, I, I figured some of you might have seen it before, but since none of you have, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, back off that. And let's continue. <laughs> For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. That's a, that's an apologetic boomer right there. You guys believe in a myth. No, we don't. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Eyewitnesses Amen. of it. For when he received the honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was born to him by the majesty glory, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Do you know what this is right here? Peter Amen. is calling back to the transfiguration, right? What, did ha what happened at the transfiguration? Jesus went up on the mountain and brought Peter, John, and James. That's it. Yeah. That's all he brought with him. And then he told them, don't tell anyone about this until the Son of Man has been raised up, right? So that means none of the other apostles knew about this until after the resurrection. And here's Peter sharing it. He's not talking about just, because here's what people fail to realize. When Jesus rose from the grave, um, there's an echo. That's your side over there. Um, when Jesus rose from the grave, he wasn't in his glory yet, right? He was in a different body. But what does Jesus say? Say He has to go to the Father. He has to ascend to the Father to receive his glory, right? So yeah. they didn't really see him in the glory like James, John, and Peter did. The only people that have truly seen him in his true glory, as he, I made a video about this earlier, when Jesus says, there are some of you that will not taste death until you see the Son of, uh, Son of Man in all his glory or in his kingdom. And that is, uh, uh, 
John saw it in Patmos and on the mountain, and then James and Peter as well. And here's Peter describing it. He said, when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and then the voice was born to him by the majestic glory. So he heard the Father say, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. And then he says, we ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. Oof. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Do, do, do. Hold on. Wait a minute. Real quick. Give me this word right here, please. There we go. Okay, so this is this is only used one time in scripture, and it's used right here. I just wanted to see if this was similar to the Greek used for Jesus being the bright and morning star to see if it's saying Jesus rising in your heart as the morning star. Uh, but this is interesting because uh, actually, no, it says down here, uh, Hillel Bel Shakar uh, also rendered bright morning star. Um and it says a name assigned to uh, Lucifer, but no, Lucifer is not the bright morning star. Oh, day star. Day star is what Lucifer is referred to, but the bright morning star is Jesus. Sorry, I get that mixed up. That's also an important note. Some people have tried to do that before in the past. Lucifer is known as a day star. All the angels in heaven are known as morning stars. That's from Job. Jesus is referred to as the bright morning star, which references him being where all the light of the morning stars come from. He is the brightest of lights in heaven, right? Yeah, so if anybody tries to say Jesus is the same as an angel or Lucifer because of these similarities in description, Jesus is the bright one. All light comes from him and radiates from him. Amen, man. Amen. Um, notice also he said, JD, and we have the prophetic <clears throat> word more fully confirmed referencing the old testament scriptures right we have all this word that is that is about him and that, so he says to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place think about that for one second guys if you're in a dark place and there's a lamp shining what has your attention if you can't see anything except that light where's your eyes set it has to be i mean i don't know about you i couldn't be in a dark warehouse with one light and my focal point not be on that light and, and Peter's telling you the prophetic word, which is the, which is the scripture you should do well. You will do well to pay attention to as if it was a lamp shining in a dark place. Mm. So that means your only eyes should be on this. Your eyes should be on this and focusing. And then it says, knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. And I, and I kind of, I kind of want to reference what JD said back in Isaiah, precept upon precept, line upon line. You see, this isn't saying you can't read the Bible alone. Catholics try to use this, JD. This is saying that the prophetic, the prophecies in Scripture are not for you to interpret on your own. It's saying that the Bible, the Word of God, will 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 interpret this. Because notice, it's not saying only the bishops. Or only mm -hmm. myself and other elders. No, if Peter was the first pope, this would be his moment to say, you know, no prophecy from scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. Rather, lean on what I tell you. Lean on with what my disciples tell you. 
you know, focus mm -hmm. on what my disciples will tell you. No, no, no. He says, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Oh, so the Holy Spirit gives prophecy. Therefore, the Holy Spirit interprets prophecy. Boom. That's it. It's just like that. It's just Sorry. like that. I had to try and, and go quick, JD, because I <laughs> wanted to make it to chapter two before we end. And I know we're moving slow today. Yeah. And, and, and it's good that we're moving slow because I'm just going to use this as an example. We see the word of faith, prosperity, gospel. Um, we see them butcher the text where they'll take probably one of the most common scriptures is Jeremiah 29, 11, where it says, can you go to Jeremiah 29 quickly? And, and we, we see this for, I know, but now this is why we can't just, and then it was, the question came up earlier. So I'm just going to address it here. Uh, someone asked, you know, family said you must get multiple translations or whatever the case may be to understand the Bible better. And that's not necessarily it, but we have to understand that there were cultural differences. Um, and a lot of the parables that Jesus Christ spoke in were in ways that those who understood Jewish custom would understand exactly what Jesus was talking about. The, the Pharisees got angry and pinned Jesus to a cross because of blasphemy, because he claimed to be God. A lot of people think Jesus was pinned to the cross because of his miracles and the, and the good he did. That, that wasn't it. You know, it wasn't because he was pulling people away. He spoke the truth from a divine nature this is why they put jesus christ on the cross because he claimed to be god not because <laughs> because he was just you know healing people that wasn't the issue they they were fine with jesus healing people they weren't fine with him claiming to be god so now here we see jeremiah 29 11 often used in the word of faith movement for i know the thoughts that i have toward you saith the lord Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. That's that's it. So other translation says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans of hope in the future, plans to prosper you and not harm you. So so people will take this verse and they go, OK, um, I can apply that to me. But then when we read on. In verse 12, look what it says. Then shall you call upon me and ye shall go and pray unto me. And I will hearken unto you, and ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your hearts. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity. Is everyone captive today? No, this is a specific prophecy about a specific time for a specific nation. And there he goes. And I will gather you from all the nations. And from all the places, whether I have driven you, saith the Lord, and I will bring you again into the place whence I caused you to be carried away captive. Because ye have said, the Lord hath raised up prophets in Babylon. In Babylon. So again, people will take Jeremiah 29, 11 and go, oh, look, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. I plans of hope in the future, plans to prosper and not harm. And this is what the word of faith movement does. They'll take that verse, they'll use it and say, look, God's got a plan to prosper you and not harm you. God declares this over your life. When in actual fact, if we look at the text and we go look at the, the, the context 
of this passage. We look at the time of this passage and who this passage refers to. We see that this is a direct prophecy which was then fulfilled. Which was then fulfilled. We can't, because, and let me tell you why it's dangerous to use this and, and go Jeremiah 29 11. I pray Jeremiah 29 11 over everybody's life because someone's got a baby that's got cancer. Someone's got, uh, you know, <clears throat> other diseases, other issues. Maybe it's poverty. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's losing a child. Maybe it's losing a husband or a wife. Again, was God's plan then not to prosper that specific person? Was God's plan not to prosper that specific baby? Again, we look at the context of the text. And this is, why do I bring this up? Because when we read First and Second Peter, especially now, because I think we'll get into that next week, especially when we get into the latter parts of Second Peter, he says a lot about the end. And again, people get tripped up. Anyway, you're on mute, bro. So I, I heard you. What? Don't you dare mute me, sir. <laughs> Regardless, I heard you talk about how sometimes God won't, you know, do things, and they, they people try to say, "Hey, you know, it's not your your faith isn't enough." Let me give you the true answer. Job does it. It tells you right here. Naked came out came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. And the Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Uh, so, yeah, I can't stand when people do that. Like, oh, you just don't have enough faith. No, because what you fail to realize is God doesn't heal based on. Let me reword this. He does heal based on faith, but that's not what I mean. God doesn't heal just to heal. His healings have purpose. Every time there's a healing or a miracle, it's so that people see it and come to the gospel because he's not worried about doing temporary, temporal uh, uh, works. He's trying to do some spiritual healing. Even when in the gospel, when we see Jesus heal someone physically, what's the first thing he does? He gives them spiritual healing. Go and sin no more for your faith is strong and blessed are you and, and, and come to me. And he tells these people these things so that they can understand that, that there's more to it than just being forgiven of your sins and, and getting healed right here, but there's an eternal and spiritual healing that, that I offer you. Same thing goes with the real, with today in modern society. God's not going to heal me because my back hurts and no one would find out about it except maybe one person. However, in the presence of others, is it possible for God to do something because he's bringing others to him 100%? Is JD frozen or is he just sitting still exactly like that? No, it's just Melissa keeps keeps uh, you know quoting ortho uh, ortho tomio Second Timothy two fifteen Strong's three seven one eight. <laughs> She's like, this is the last time I'm going to say it. Rightly dividing the word of truth, correctly Strong handling the word of truth. Three seven one eight. Ortho tomio is the. You know how hard it is to word. find a word in Strong's. <laughs> in case y'all have never seen it, this is this is what a Strong's looks like. See that it looks like a telephone book. These are every, every single word in the Bible is in here. Every single one. And then I can tell you yeah, what I'm verse good. it's in. Like if you say a random word right now, I can tell you what verses that word is found in. Yeah. I've got, I've got two. And I, I've even got the Aramaic one, which is, yeah. which is quite cool. 
Aramaic, Hebrew. It's Aramaic, Hebrew, and Greek. Yeah. Holman. If you want to know how many verses have the word toe, I can tell you. But um, all right, all right, all right let's see how much we can get more. We only got like uh, 10 minutes left. Second Peter chapter two, uh, verse, verse one, but false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies secretly. They, uh, listen to me. So many people act like the safe place is the church and all of our enemies are outside of the church. This is one of the things that blows my mind with my Catholic friends, right? This idea like there's never been any way that the enemy could ever infiltrate their church because it's it's blessed by God and God would never allow that. But yet Jesus warns us and every Holy Spirit indwelt biblical author tells us they will sneak in. They will infiltrate. They will bring in, what does he say? Will secretly bring in, bring in where? Bringing in means that it goes from here to there. Bring in where? To the church. Destructive heresies even denying the master who bought them, denying Jesus, bringing upon themselves swift destructions. And then it says, and many will follow their sensuality and because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed. And in their mm. greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle and their destruction is not asleep. And then he goes into, and we honestly, now to think about, it, we don't have the time to do this because he's about to yeah. dive into something real deep. Let's let's yeah. finish Second Peter on Wednesday. Are you cool with that, JD? Yeah, absolutely, man. And we'll try not digress so much and, and go off, off of the beaten path. <laughs> okay, so now JD owes you an apology. He needs to repent because that was a lie. Yes, we are. You know what? Maybe it's not a lie. We'll try not to. Uh, so there's truth in that. However, we will fail at it just because you know how we are with our conversations. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're going to go into second Peter guys. Here's what I want you guys to do. Read it between now and then, because so what we're going to dive into immediately on Wednesday's episode is Peter's going to start talking about some things like Enoch. Uh, 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 he's going to mention, you know, some things that, you know, uh, that you don't find anywhere else that people look at and be like, what's this? He's going to talk about a lot. He's going to talk about angels in Tartarus, fallen angels in Tartarus. Right. Uh, and then he talks about obviously false prophets and whatnot. And I believe second Peter is also where he goes into um, uh, uh, to not count long suffering because the Lord will return. Is that second Peter or first Peter? Yeah. No, it's yeah, yeah, second Peter. Peter three. It's, it's second chapter Peter three. three. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is a great yeah, yeah. one because this is where we get people that try to come up with the mathematical equation. Um, let me give, go ahead and just give you a heads up. Peter was not sharing a secretly, divinely uh, revealed mathematic equation of how God's time works. God's time yeah. is not one day for me, a thousand years for God. That's not, or a thousand years for me, one day to God. That's not what Peter is doing. just and an example of long suffering. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, let's see, uh, we're getting to the end of the show. We got about seven minutes left. If anybody has any questions about tonight's Bible study, please let me know. Uh, JD is here for the next seven minutes, but then after that, we're going to end the show and then I'll be over to TikTok, which won't be a long one tonight because as you know, I don't feel so great. Um, uh, but first question came up, do you all consider this church? Uh, you no. might get different answers from the commenters. However, JD and myself will tell you, no, this is not church. Um, we are all members of the church congregating together, but this is not a church because it does not have church discipline or hierarchy. Uh, so you can't have a church without all the functions of a church. 
and we don't have yeah. all the functions of a church. What we like to say is this is your interim location until you find your church. And if you do have a church, Amen. you can still hang out. Yeah. This is this is a, a church for the church list until you find a church, but this is not this is not a church at all. Yeah. So it, JD we, and myself we, we are not pastors, but we're fine being the pastors for the pastor list until they find the pastor. Yeah, that's it. We're 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 leading you down pastures, which will lead you to the pastor. But if you stay in the pasture that is green, you'll get to the pastor, which is forever. Uh, I'm 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 not a rapper. That's that's Mike's that's Mike's job. He he, he can rap Many genealogies. <laughs> you know what? I might let JD hear one of my old songs. Not any of you guys, because you guys would use it against me. But JD, I might one day let him hear it if I can dig it up. I think I've deleted most of it, but we'll see. We shall see. Uh, let's see. <laughs> I'm, Any I'm other looking questions? forward to it, bro. Looking forward, bro. There's this one. Can we make can we make it regular thing to know what we are going to be reading in the podcast so that we can read it ahead of time? That is a good question. And 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 ultimately, this is something Mike and I are both working on. We are working on 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 getting this more structured. Um, and we're learning as we go, guys. So everybody that has been here, that has been patient, that comes every week. Um you guys are awesome. We love you and we appreciate it. Um, but we are working on, on on the Bible reading this week. We've got quite a few quite a few episodes we need to record. So um, we would like to have a more structured, you know, Monday will be this, Wednesday will be that. But the truth is we kind of let the Holy Spirit just lead us. And sometimes something pops up and we're like, this is what we're talking about tonight. And sometimes it's an hour before. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe we'll have Steve every week opening the show with that <laughs> so i just want to say i am sorry that this is not a very look i've been like this my whole life and i put i blame the fact that they say this is the mind of a genius what do they say cluttered desk and disorganized is actually a very intelligent mind so that means me and jd must be geniuses because we're all over the place uh but on a serious note we know that we do understand that knowing prior could be beneficial to you and i will say this though for bigger studies like ones that we're talking about and prepping for and really looking forward to yes absolutely and and I really do want to start scheduling out those, right? We're always, we're always going to have these random episodes where something is put on JD's heart or my heart saying, hey, Monday morning, like, hey, you know what? It's really been on my heart that we read Second Peter. That's always going to happen. However, yes, we do, we do plan on having things where it's like, hey, starting in October, uh, uh, you know, we're planning on doing a four-part series on Chronicles or something, right? I'm just making it up right now, into which we would obviously prep, preface it. Um, with us doing the Bible reading as well, we've said we're going to stray away from more Bible focused uh, podcast episodes as far as like just reading goes. These episodes do happen occasionally when it's just on our heart to do so. But seeing that we're literally reading the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, um, just reading it on the podcast is kind of redundant. Uh, so we're still kind of figuring out the direction that we want to go as far as the episodes of the podcast go now that we're also incorporating the Bible reading. Yeah. Amen. Here's a non-serious question. How are you a Seahawks fan? I thought you were raised in New Jersey and live in Texas. So in South Jersey, everybody is an Eagles fan. North Jersey, everybody's a New York fan. Uh, in South Jersey, my, my family was Eagles fans, and I was really young, and they had a running back named Ricky Waters, and then he got traded, and I liked him, so I followed him all the way to Seattle, and I've been a Seahawks fan since 1995. Pretty simple, to be honest. And Mike Raps, uh, yeah, Lloyd, we don't talk about those days. <laughs> Here's a question for you, Jay, oh, before you get off here. I know you're running out of time. Uh, Natalie said, thoughts on purpose, not being able to fulfill it before death 
or does everyone for sure have one? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good question. That's a great question, and it's actually easy to answer. Yes, everybody does have a purpose, but the reality is, is we try and compare our purpose to someone else's. Um, and and we know that that during the time of Nehemiah, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Elijah, all these prophets, there were other people that believed in God and, and believed the message that the prophets were speaking, and they were relaying these messages these messages to to the people and they stood in abundance the same with the apostles the apostles we see with 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 peter and paul they had followers that work closely with them we see barnabas we see apollos we see agrippa we see all these other names pop up in the book of acts again they had purpose but they weren't weren't exactly where paul or peter were by god we're all chosen we're all chosen for a purpose and our purpose is to further the kingdom of god for some the 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 purpose is small um and you're trying to you're trying to make it like a big screen event when it isn't mm -hmm. a big screen event um and this is this is again where paul says being content with what we've been given um and this is something we have to this is something that is taught not something that is given um, we have to teach ourselves to be content wherever we are at in life um where you are at this is exactly where god has placed you and i said this in a couple a couple weeks ago in a, in a podcast stop trying to move ahead of god um as as the psalmist writes be still and know that i am god be still and know that i am god wherever you are right now is exactly where god has placed you and you 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 just keep focusing on the cross and focusing on Jesus and then your path will become what does he say Psalm 119 verse 104 I think it is he is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path that that's what it comes back to just focus on Christ focus on him and Amen. I couldn't, I couldn't say any of that better. All I want to add on there is one little thing, and that is that our purpose doesn't always have to look like what we think it is. We live in a society where people think the word purpose is synonymous with the main character, the hero, this great, uh, uh, these great accomplishments. Can I tell you what your purpose could be? To have one conversation with one person. Your entire life's purpose might be a part of a puzzle that God has you interacting with one person who then changes the course of their life that's going to reach another person, that's going to reach another person, and you won't even know the outcome of what that purpose was. We know that all things work to his purposes, and if you are in Christ, then all things will work out. So yes, you do have a purpose. However, don't overthink it. Right. Not everybody. Yeah. Uh, I know it's ironic that I'm saying this as someone that's, you know, in that kind of like in front of people thing. But that's not everybody's purpose. Right. It's not. And you can't compare yourself to that for the handful of prophets, apostles and notable biblical figures. Like J.D. said, there's millions behind them doing little things here and there. Little, 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 little. Like just think about Jesus. At age 30, he shows up. But for 30 years, he lived an entire life and his life had people in it. I mean, look at Joseph. Joseph's purpose barely even mentioned. Joseph is barely ever mentioned in the Bible, but he had the responsibility of raising the son father, of God yeah. who he did not father, but yet had to treat him as a son, knowing that he's not really a son, mentally having to understand that even though I'm watching this small child grow up that I fall in love with, like, how can you not raise a child? And like, I don't know. I, I, I have children. I love them. Then to understand, oh, I worship you and I'm not going to get any, no one's going to talk about me. People, people commit idolatry for Mary. Nobody talks about Joseph. Yes, the Catholics will call him a member of the Holy Family, but we all know what I'm saying by his role is not a very noticeable role. People don't think about him all the time, but look at that role he had. 
side piece, like in the little background, you don't really know about much about him. And there's these things all throughout scripture, John, the Baptist mother, right? You do have a purpose. You just might not even recognize it until you stand before God and he tells you what he did with you. Yeah. Amen. And, and, and here's the thing, and I'm going to close with this. I'm going to close with this. If you go out today and you see someone on the side of the road and you are pressed or convicted to help them and you go buy them a sandwich and you give them a sandwich and they are eternally grateful for that sandwich, you have fulfilled a purpose in the kingdom of God. Again, God says he will take care of our daily needs. So if there's someone standing on the side of the road praying for something to eat and you are the person who delivers that meal, it is still God fulfilling his purpose, fulfilling his promises. So if we keep glorifying God in everything, this is why we keep saying God gets all the glory for this channel, for, for the TikTok, for everything that has happened, God gets all the glory. None of these things would have happened. None of the giveaways, none of the Bibles, none of the, the people we have helped with, with spiritual advice, financial, uh, you know, just praying for whatever the case may be. None of it is possible without, without Christ Jesus. None of it is possible without the grace that now abounds in our lives. Mike is nothing without Jesus. I am nothing without Jesus. We keep reiterating this. Do we claim we know the Bible better than everyone else? No. Do we claim we know everything? No. Ultimately, we are here to fellowship, to grow with you to grow with you. And as we are going through the Bible together as brothers, we are seeing things pop up that we have missed before. And we're like, wow, here's another mm -hmm. thing on eternal security. Here's another thing on God's promises. We, we keep seeing these things pop up. And this is how beautiful the word of God is. So with that being said, grace and peace to all of you. I love you. Um, remember to like and subscribe. Remember to stick around TikTok and, and ask Mike some more questions. Keep him busy. Brother, I'll see you later for the reading for sure. Um, tomorrow? We, yeah. We'll talk. Um, we'll talk on Discord tonight or tomorrow morning. Cool. Okay. I love you. I love you all. Grace and peace. And I will see you soon. God bless, guys. Go in peace. Ciao.